1: who have found ways to bring hope, healing, and freedom into places where trauma has impacted them. I'm Allie, author of The Art of Healing Trauma, and I'm here to remind you that life is sweet. Now, let's dive in and find ways to create our joy. Hi, I'm Allie, and we are back with Find Your Joy. This is really exciting. I met this incredible person. I was on a we were panelists together on a very interesting uh, series of uh, talks. And Stuart Elliot. Stuart is known as the Soul Whisperer. He is recognized for liberating people. Well, breaking through their own BS barriers. I think is how we say it. And uh, well, there is so much to dig in and learn about you so Stuart welcome and thank you so much for being here
0: well it's my pleasure to be here and uh, you know I have to echo your first part that uh, the wonderful person you know because it was a beautiful panel discussion and it wouldn't have been there without you being a wonderful guest as well so thank you for that oh
1: well Thanks. It was it was it, it was just it's so nice to meet somebody and and just to be Um. I, I was lost. I couldn't think about what I was going to say next because I was so listening to your story and thinking, oh, my gosh, this is such an incredible storyteller. Have you always been a storyteller? Do you see yourself as such?
0: Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose if you ask my parents, I may have told them <laughs> many, many stories a long time ago. <laughs>
1: Uh, I think but, what it
0: is—it's it, it, interesting, though, But but you know, I think what, what 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 happens is we go through life and we collect a lot of things, and then we get to a certain point that we realize that okay, there's a lot of value in what we've collected in our experiences and things like that, and we really have a duty to share them in a, mm-hmm. in in an engaging way because we don't know who's going to be listening and what little thing p- someone can pick up on just one story and it could change their life. Yes. I mean I'll give you an example of that that I was on a um a networking call and this gentleman shared something he'd been working with a lot of uh, teenagers because that's that's his work you know at school level and things like that and they were doing appreciation they were just talking about appreciation and how just by looking at someone you can you can um show say 10% more appreciation and make a change and they were doing experiments in the classes and and everything else and then a couple of days later one of the students said He was getting on the school bus one morning and he he saw a fellow student and he thought, okay, let me see what happens. And he just showed that, you know, just looked at him, didn't say anything, just looked at him in a more appreciative way. He said, look, I recognize you. Mm. And uh, he found out later that this particular student had already decided to commit suicide that day. But that interaction, just that little extra couple of seconds uh, interaction changed his life. It stopped him because he felt appreciated. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. It's it's such something that you can't grasp, but when it happens, it it just really hits you in a way that uh, is so special. So in some ways, it's selfish to keep all the stories to ourselves because we don't know who's going to be listening. Mm -hmm. I love that. That appreciation is a beautiful thing. And, you know, a lot of the indigenous peoples have more of an appreciative Way of looking at others in, in South Africa, the Zulu tribe. Their greeting, salborna means "I see you." I see everything about you. I see your your struggles, your this and that, and I really appreciate you. Well, say and the that answer, again, please. salborna
1: Salbona.
0: Yeah, and the the answer is shiboka, which means "I exist for you." So that just saying hello is a way of recognizing. The person, not just seeing a body. I mean, if if you go to any big city in the world and you see someone, you say hello and they just look at you. So what's wrong with you type of thing? You yes. know, there's no interaction.
1: Yes. And when you're saying that, I'm thinking of how often people will say to each other, Hi, how are you? And no mm-hmm. one really well, seldom does anyone really want the person to tell them how they are. No. They've they mm-hmm. look, I you know, it's it's more the look, I've just done the uh the token. I've said the words, yeah. I don't have time or the energy for you to actually answer me because we're in this busy madness that mm-hmm. is so disconnected. But I love that, that that person just took the time and just in their eyes,
0: yeah. they felt the difference. Show, yeah, and it changed their life. I mean, that that is such a powerful, powerful thing. And that's a story now that has been spread a little bit more and people can pick up on that and they can think about it and it can change their life as well. So that's the thing about stories. I mean, they are so powerful. I mean, if we go back in our history, many, many hundreds of years ago, we were storytellers. That's what we had. I mean, the Bushman tribe of South Africa, they used to, or Southern Africa, not South Africa, they used to sit around the campfire at night and take on the personas of the animals they hunted and, and they used to share the wisdom and their knowledge in that way. Yeah, we storytellers. We're all born storytellers. We just don't realize it. I think
1: <laughs> right to take the time and to to value ourselves and, like you said, we I uh, um, uh, hope I say this correctly. Like we we um it's sort of like our. That's not the way you said it, but it's like our duty. We owe people to tell them our stories. Yeah, it's, yeah. I forget you said it in a much. Uh, I, I like the way you said it better, but but basically, it's how important it is for us to share our stories with each other.
0: Yeah, and it is in some ways a duty that, you know, I was told by a mentor a long time ago that we we have this duty, or, or, or maybe duty is not the right word, but we have to become a collector and a sharer of stories. Mm. And it's not necessarily my stories, because a lot of people think, okay, well, no one's interested in my stories, but you hear stories every day, just like I've told yes. you a couple of stories already. Now you can share those with other people, and they can share them with other people. And the story spread and yeah. that message will reach the person who needs to hear it.
1: And like you said, it could be our story or not. And I think, yeah. too, it's it's unfortunate that people have come to a place where sometimes we feel like some of us can feel like, um, what did you say? My story is not important.
0: Yeah, like, well, all of you know, our stories it, it, are important. It, it goes down to I'm not important, really. Doesn't it? At the yes. today. The
1: and there's not a human on the, or there's not a being on the planet that doesn't That's have a yeah. wonderful story, and that is, we're all important. Everybody's mm-hmm. important.
0: Yeah, I mean, on that note, something really, really moved me on Saturday. I was, I was just looking on LinkedIn, and uh, I noticed a post there by, I think it's the Elephant Foundation about these people in part of Kenya who live near the Salvo National Park or between the Salvo East and Salvo West. But there's a migration route for the elephants and, and their village is, is basically on that route. And the guy said, the elephants are our brothers. Mm. And they, they mix with each other. The, the, you know, the children are playing in, in, you know, in the uh, area and the elephants just walk past casually as they're going on to their, their thing. they They're coexisting. And that's what you just said, which is so special. And that really hit me. That, that, that was such a beautiful, beautiful post. And uh, it's on my LinkedIn profile. I reposted. It. I had to because it just hit me in a, in a special place. Yeah. That is what it's about, being connected, not to just a person, but to the whole ecosystem, to the whole world, the whole planet. And that's what's so special. And, and, and you know, as we're sitting here, you're sharing the stories because we're on a podcast. Right. So you're doing that part as well. (laughs) So it's so special that we can do these things, and we don't know, as I say, who needs to hear that one little thing.
1: And it's true. Sometimes I know for myself, I've I've wondered, and I I actually had a, a listener who is someone who knew me from several different platforms. She kind of Mm -hmm. said them all together. So I knew that she, because by her words, I knew that she had listened to my podcast. She'd seen my live Facebooks and Mm -hmm. she'd read my book. I knew from the, because she, called them a name that none of them are <laughs> but they mm-hmm. all brought them together yeah. that part isn't i don't know how important that part is but she she reached out from opposite end of the world from me and said that you shared that thing it was something i'd shared that day on i i have this thing called mahalo mondays where we do gratitude and breath work and mm-hmm. meditation i do it live on facebook but she, she said that that you had shared that thing so i didn't i didn't create what i shared Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't it wasn't you know, it wasn't a great thing that I created and I did. I shared what someone taught me. Someone was kind enough and generous, generous enough to teach me this thing. And then I shared it with anyone who would like Mm -hmm. to listen to it. And this person told me that they had been really struggling with mental health issues and that it impacted them. And, you know, it changed everything for me because I, I. I love the stories and I love the connection. But I don't know that I knew before then the reach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you're saying, these stories, like I'm going to remember the story of looking at a person with appreciation. Mm-hmm. I'll remember that. Yeah.
0: It, it just makes such a big difference, doesn't it? And and, and we, we, as I say, that's why, you know, So a lot of people think their story is not important because they don't Mm -hmm. see the potential reach. And maybe the person you're talking to, they just collect it and and it's there sitting, you know, dormant. But something somewhere along the way will trigger it. Say, okay, I remember the story, you know, let me share it with you. And then that affects somebody or then they take it somewhere else, you know. So it's, you know, it's never dormant. It's never unimportant. It's always important. And of course, if we share stories, we have a better conversation with people because we tend to relax them. We're not putting yes. on the front anymore, are we? <laughs> I'm
1: not once we just start talking, right? It's like any nervousness goes away because now we're just talking. Yeah. And now Yeah, it's wow. that
0: initial barrier of starting the conversation. And, and yes. that goes back to, to something I, I experienced when I was a child. I mean, I became, I was very, very shy. And, and as a teenager, 16 or whatever, I'd go to parties and I couldn't talk to anybody. I'd sit there, and I'd just watch, and I'd watch, and I'd watch, and, and oh, that person's coming over. Oh, he, damn, they've gone somewhere else, you know. They on the way to get something or something. And, and, and I didn't realise it. It was actually in some ways a blessing in disguise because that allowed mm-hmm. me to see things that other people don't see. I could read people. I, could, I was discovering mannerisms and, and behaviours which most people don't see because they're too involved in talking. Right. And some of the people who are the biggest, biggest, biggest um, life and soul of the party type person, they're doing the same as me, but they're doing it in a totally different way because they're shy or, or not confident inside. Right. So they have to express verbally to, to get over it. Whereas I couldn't express anything, I sat there. <laughs> so it, it's interesting how we, we can see these things.
1: Yes, and how each security. part is important, right?
0: Yeah. Like the
1: person, the person who is outgoing, they're like you said, that's their way of doing it, perhaps. And the person who is maybe sitting back and observing, that's their way, but both have a really important role.
0: Yeah, and maybe we should get together. I could take some of that to rain her in or him in. <laughs> they can they can help me to open up a little bit, and then we could both be much better.
1: <laughs> yes, it's it's true because it, when you when we think about it, right? I think sometimes I I see things. You know, when you're you're mentioning posts that people do earlier, and sometimes there's <laughs> there's posts that like to, um, whether it, whether it's intentional or not, can put people and personalities at odds with each other. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm an extrovert, and that's great because, or I'm an introvert, and that's great because, but the, the planet, need, we need all of us. Yeah. We need extroverts and introverts and introverts and extroverts and extroverts and introverts and, introverts and mix it all up in, in whatever way that it is. It's important that all of us
0: exist. Yeah, I mean, the planet was designed in that way that we all, uh, should we say, look after each other.
1: hmm
0: And, you know, it's interesting. If we go back to sometime in the 1900s, I can't remember exactly when, but when the Kruger National Park in South Africa was first proclaimed a national park, they wanted to preserve wildlife. And they thought the best way of doing it was to exclude any predators. Okay. So they they eliminated the lions and, and things like that. And they noticed then that there was a massive problem. The antelope and the other things were becoming too numerous, they were getting sick, the 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 habitat was getting destroyed because of overgrazing, etc., etc. Because they they've removed that balance. Yes. And they needed the predators to be there to keep that balance and keep everything healthy. Yes. So what you said is very, very powerful. We need that balance. We need everything, every part working together because the world knows, the planet knows how to survive. It doesn't need us with wise people to try and change this or change that. The world knows.
1: Yes. It knows exactly how. And that's, and, and I was just thinking when you're saying that you've seen a lot of the world and lived in a lot of different parts of the world and how, 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 how did that all start for you the, the um you've lived on three continents
0: yeah well and uh,
1: and, and, and substantial amounts of time, like mm-hmm. not like six months and not taking away from someone who who wants to travel for six months that's beautiful and wonderful but you've you lived in in Africa for like almost two decades, right yeah, and then in china and so how, how well other than you're just a very adventurous soul i guess but how 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 did how did the <laughs> you woke up one day and said i think i'm gonna go to africa like how did this go yeah
0: it's basically that it it seemed like the right thing to do at the time in hindsight there's more behind it because we don't see that at the time but basically what happened is um i don't know what age but somewhere when i was 14 or 15 or 16 i don't know maybe a little bit later i had this interest in africa and i bought a book from you know through the newspaper it was actually a physical book which is delivered by post before Amazon came along I'm right. sure my age a little bit now but that's <laughs> irrelevant but I bought this book it was I think it was West West King Western kingdoms Western people or something like that but it was about the kingdoms uh, the African peoples and tribes and, and history of, of West Africa and I found it fascinating mm-hmm. and it stuck with me and then I was offered, my brother was had moved to Johannesburg for two years uh, on, on a contract with the bank there. And he was, he was due to come back and he said, he's gonna do an overland trip through Africa. So, you know, am I interested? I said, yeah. And then of course, as my, you know, happens with my brother, he has these ideas. He doesn't always follow through with them. And in hindsight, it would have been a, it's a, a disastrous trip because we can't spend that time together closely for a long right. time without being, <laughs> you know, <laughs> cats Brothers. and dogs type of thing. Yeah, you know, it happens. There's nothing wrong with him, but, you know, it's just our personalities clashing that way. So I organized a trip for myself. And uh, basically what happened was I flew out to South Africa, spent a month in South Africa and then did the overland trip through Africa driving you know, with with some other people for six months. I got off the ferry in the UK at the end of it. I said, I don't like it, I'm going back. And so three months later, I was back in Africa.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And the rest is history, as they say.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot there. But what I, I noticed was I got into that comfort zone, which people do. We're living in this little box. This is our world. And I think that was, I I felt that was trapping me. This is hindsight looking back on it. Mm. Because, you know, I just didn't fit into the UK anymore after I came back through Africa. There was just so much more. And when I said to the friends who, you know, I'd hung around with at school and after school and everything else with, I said, I'm going to Africa. But, you know, you can come and visit because at that time, the exchange rate was so low. You could go to, you know, South Africa, spend a month or more there. Living like a king on less than you pay for a two-week package holiday to, you know, to the south of France or Spain or wherever it is that people go, and nobody came. Nobody came. They made excuses. There's lions walking down the streets. There's this. There's that. There's elephants. There's all sorts of of reasons why they didn't do it. But they were in that comfort zone. They didn't. It was too right. challenging to go outside, and that's where a lot of people lived. It was there. And at that time, it was my BS barrier. Ah, and that's where this whole thing came.
1: Right. And then a
0: few years later, I, I went back to visit my parents, and I hadn't told anybody apart from my parents I was going there. And I said to them, I'm going to go down to the pub one night. And I uh, went down the pub, and there were my friends. As I walked in the door, saw so one of them at the bar getting some beers. So I walked up behind him and excuse the, the language, but I said, where's my effing beer? Yeah, Because <laughs> that's the way we spoke to each other. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and he's like, uh, 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 oh, let me get one. Because he was more embarrassed that he'd been caught out not buying a round than in the UK. It's a very, very uh, big thing, part of the social structure. You go to the oh. pub, you meet people in the pub, you buy a round. It's your turn. Then it's my turn. Then it's your turn. Then you don't skip. It's part of the thing. And if, if we leave off the night and it's my turn, next time it's my turn again, that's, that's the regular thing. So it's a big thing. So he was more flustered about that and he got me a beer. And then he said, oh, I'm like, you know, not seen you for a while. <laughs> you know, where have you been, type of thing? He said, No, you know, I'm living in Africa. Oh, that's right. He says, Yeah, dear. that's right. Did you see the match on telly last night? And that was the end of the conversation, dead. He was in that BS. Yes. He, there he had a free. whole
1: book before him. He had yeah. he had front and center someone who had been on the ground in Africa for a few years now, and <laughs> instead of opening that book and allowing those, all those stories to pour out, he needed to go to what was comfortable.
0: Yeah, and, and that's where we live. We live in that comfort yes, zone. And I think there's a little bit more that maybe I threaten them with change. <laughs> Right by leaving, and there's a resentment that can dig in from that.
1: Yeah, yes.
0: How dare you that? make me change?
1: Yes, and and, so. and you left us. There, there. Yeah, you I, ran I, away. I've you deserted.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I have experienced that. Um, anyways, I've experienced that. I've, I've seen people when, when, when someone moves away, the the people who stayed in the hometown mm-hmm. t- can. Be in a, a, they can think, oh my gosh, you're an adventurer, and I wish I was like you. Take me with you, or yeah. they can be, you left us. Yeah, it's a, it's it's an interesting, it's an interesting way of, um, seeing it, and and like you said, I guess he felt more comfortable. He knew the game.
0: Yeah, he, he knew he the game. He could talk world. about that. Yeah. And, And, you know, it's interesting that there was an experiment done some years ago now by some scientists They put some common house flies in a glass jar and they put some water and a bit of food in there and then they put a glass lid on it and they left them for a few days. They left them for a few days and then they took the lid off. Not one fly recognized there was a way out. And that's where we live most of our lives.
1: Oh, isn't that interesting?
0: We're trapped in that world that we've created. That's our comfort zone.
1: Mm.
0: And if we do something like I did, or you know, if it's, you know, you move away from a job or a town, the people can resent it because now you're forcing them to reevaluate their thinking, mm. and they don't like that because that invites this big word, unknown into their life. What am I going to do? Who am I going to be now that he's gone? And you can see it playing out in a lot of relationships. You'll see, like, uh, there's a there's a gentleman who decides he wants to move to the big city because he's had a, a better job. And his friend says to him, no, don't be stupid. There's murderers. There's, there's all sorts of crime. There's all anything negative to try and keep him there. Not because he's fearful for the person, but because he's fearful for himself and the changes he has to make if this person goes off, and he doesn't realize it's an unconscious thing.
1: It's interesting. I've I've heard people um, voice uh, feeling abandoned by mm-hmm. uh, people that have moved out of town, or uh, it's, it's 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 an interesting interesting thing. And we've uh, we've chatted with our friends who have some people experience it some people don't you know our friends we live in victoria mm-hmm. in our little circle hardly any of us are originally from here maybe they're military members or maybe they just moved here from wherever but mm-hmm. it i've heard often friends say well not a few times friends say that their family um actually had said like you left us yeah. in, and it's interesting you know it's mm-hmm. an interesting concept because they never, of course, that person never considered that they were leaving anyone. They were going to something.
0: Yeah. You know, but... They were growing.
1: Yes. They were growing. And, they needed know, to go and live their life.
0: And I, I, I'll tell you how challenging it can be for some people to, to have that change. I was talking to a lady um, uh, some months ago now, and uh, she opened the conversation. She was about... 40 maybe you know something around that age but she opened a conversation with I've just lost my two boys and it's like what do you say in that but you know I, I had a vision that they've, they've, they've had a horrible accident or yes. something else and then she followed up she said no they're, they're 18 and they both left to go to university
1: oh oh I
0: thought they died oh yeah well that was in the, that was the way she stated but if you think about it a little bit more deeply they had died in her mind because she hadn't accepted the change that she had to make. Now they're moving on to that next phase of her life. Right. So in effect, they had died. What am I going to do now? Who am I now? Because they've gone.
1: Wow. Yeah. It's Her it's,
0: identity was so centered around, as they were, that she hadn't allowed herself to grow and, and expand.
1: Right. And with with parents... I think maybe more often mothers. Um in in the tra- yeah, yeah. traditional, in the traditional family at least, mm-hmm. um, it would be the mother because she typically in the traditional family, she would have been home and she would have that would have been mm-hmm. that would have been her existence.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and and I that guess was a whole really identity.
0: That's who she is. Wow, yes. they've gone. Who is she? I mean, it's yeah. you know, today it's called empty nest syndrome. It's a big it's a big challenge for many families. What are we going to do? Yeah. I mean, we've got, you know, if you know, if we have this relationship with our partner. And it's built around the children. We don't have a relationship with each other, it's built around the children. Yes. And when can. they go, who the heck's this person that I'm staying with? We don't know who it is anymore. We've lost that. Ability. It's a, it, it's a real challenge. And we've got to think of these things. Another another way it, it plays it is uh, traditionally, as you say, a woman stays at home, looking after her, the house and doing her thing. She's got her own thing. Her husband retires. Yes. Now there's an invader in her world. <laughs> yes, yes. Er-
1: everything that she had all done really well, or even you know, even when with couples now with both couples, uh, both partners working, yeah. there's 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 still all these. And then what it brings me back to is the first story that you told, stopping and remembering to just look in each other's eyes yep. with appreciation. Start mm-hmm. there. That's yeah. what I think of when you're saying this. If someone's listening, I'm thinking, if that's where you're at, just start with the look. If you don't know what to yeah. say yet, you don't know how to mm-hmm. handle anything yet. Just look two seconds mm-hmm. with appreciation yeah. and see what starts to shift in that relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, you know, there was a reason for the relationship and there's got to be something or a lot of things in that relationship that you can appreciate, even if at the moment you've got a very challenging relationship.
1: Yeah, that's, oh, I love that. You know, I'm 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 looking at the time and what I'm going to ask is, because there is so much for us to chat about. I want to hear so much about this breaking mm-hmm. the BS barrier and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we're just getting warmed up. This is, a, I mean, I am because I'm in a closed up room, but that's another story. I'm melting over here, but that's okay. No, I mean, you're in a very warm place. But um, if it's okay with you, um, if we wrap this part up, um, and we'll have a part two if, of our discussion, if that's okay. If you have- Yeah,
0: I mean, uh, I, I did warn you beforehand that I could talk <laughs> for a long time.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Okay,
0: okay so yeah, let's <laughs> okay. do that then. <laughs>
1: that's awesome. Well, Stuart, thank you so much for being here today. And to our listeners, thank you so much for being with us. This is Allie, and do remember to find your joy. We'll see you next time.